Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Estate with Axe, San Diego's premier podcast, keeping you up to date with all things relating to the San Diego real estate market, from interest rates to interviews with locals and everything in between. What is happening, guys? It's Matt Axelson. We are here, Real Estate with Axe podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or if you're watching on YouTube or potentially watching on Spotify, I'm not sure if they're going to allow me to add video or not. That said, thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me that you take any sort of time to hear what I have to say about what's going on in real estate and particularly, particularly to San Diego. So thank you again. We're reporting live today from my place downtown. Uh, normally, I'm in an office or I'm in some sort of bunker. And uh, so if you hear this chair squeaking, I apologize. I tried any other chair. Nothing was tall enough to be able to film on this camera and this tripod. So again, sorry, but we'll get into it now. So we had some really interesting news um, yesterday. Jerome Powell from the Federal Reserve um, spoke to Congress and made it clear that this last iteration of uh, not raising rates uh, was a skipped time frame, meaning that they very much plan to raise rates at least two more times uh, throughout 2023. So that said, in the moment, we didn't have a, a rise in the 10-year, therefore we didn't get a little bump in the 30-year fixed rate, uh, which we've seen for many months now. Um, and so over the last, I would say, week or so, we've kind of fluctuated around a 6.9% interest rate for a 30-year fixed. Obviously, depending on your lender, you can kind of undercut that slightly, but that's the average um, across the board. Uh, but anyway, that'll be interesting to see because as we'll speak to it later, um, some projections for rates uh, going into the later part of this year and next year are interesting. So um, might really affect several people if you're thinking about buying um, to kind of structure your maybe your strategy a little bit. Um, so anyway, let's jump into some data. I'm going to kind of be bouncing around a little bit today. Um, I've got some great information from my guy, Byron Lazine, over at BAM. Um, I want to speak to inventory levels first. So something Jerome Powell said yesterday with Congress is they were saying, hey, don't you think the issue is supply of homes in inventory as it pertains to the real estate market and trying to balance it out? He uh, disagreed with that statement and thinks that the tools they have over uh, with the Federal Reserve, um, that what they're implementing in the moment is balancing out the market. So he said that um, you know during the COVID timeframe that we had you know, we were getting five offers before a home even hit the market and they were all above list and it was just creating this frenzy of forced appreciation throughout, you know, all sorts of markets around the country. And while that is partly true, it's not fully true. And so the, the issue was the numerous years of extremely low rates, basically free money, um, that then continued to create this problem biggest problem is that there weren't there wasn't builds happening and so if you've seen any of my content uh, in the past I've spoken to the differences between 2008 and 2022 
and how there were projections about it was the same sort of uh, market crash that was upcoming. And obviously, as you can tell, we still haven't had that crash. Um, I'm doing that in quotes for anyone that's listening on audio. Uh, dramatic differences from that time to this time. Without getting into the weeds on that topic, the main issue continues to boil down to inventory. And so um, while Jerome Powell thinks he's balancing out the market by quote unquote, uh, you know, uh, limiting demand uh, on the buy side, yes, he has limited demand in terms of prior to these uh, rate hikes, everyone was looking to buy a new home, right? Now, the amount of people that are looking to buy a new home has definitely gotten lower, uh, being that rates have you know, effectively doubled. Um, that said, we have a dramatic uh, lack of inventory that continues to be this trend and it's trending down. Um, so even if we have less demand, quote unquote, we have less supply. So it basically feels the same. Every weekend when I have open houses, they're flooded. It doesn't matter if it's in you know, Poway or if it's in Carlsbad or if it's in Chula Vista, people come out. And, um, and I would say over the last roughly 10 listings I've been a part of, we've only had one listing that didn't get multiple offers on it. Um, and all of those listings have gone for either list price or above. So while I understand where Jerome Powell's coming from and his perspective, I just think that it's slightly misguided. And, um, and I think it really boils down to we need to empower developers and builders um, to start breaking ground and stop, uh, at least here in San Diego and California, stop with all the red tape and logistical issues with local governments and permitting um, timeframes that, uh, that are holding these people up and also costing them more money because it's the length of time frame that you own the lot or own the, uh, the property that you're either remodeling or developing. And so there's holding costs during that whole time frame. And so if investors, builders, et cetera, don't see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel for themselves, then why would they build, right? And so we're just continuing this perpetual problem, which we cannot have. So anyway, so that's the core underlying issue from Matt Axelson, my opinion. Um, just speaking to that inventory, kind of historical amount, uh, in 2015, for context, the active listings that were happening this week, that's from uh, you know, what, June 16th to June 23rd, roughly, uh, was 1.173 million units across the country. 1.173, and that was in 2015. So what do you guys think it is today? So I'll give you like two or three seconds to kind of think about it. Do you think it's a million units? So about, you know, down about 20%. Do you think it's, um, you know, 800,000? Do you think it's about 600,000, um, which would be, you know, under half or right around half, I should say? Um, of that 2015 active listing number, it's actually at 415,000. Or I apologize, that was last year, 451,000. We are at 451,000 active units across the country when in 2015 we were at 1.17. So think of that difference. Going back to the example with Jerome Powell, that's the issue. We continue to trend down in terms of inventory. And so even if we're quote unquote trending down with demand, it still feels relatively the same. And so, um, so we need more supply, bottom line. Um, again, going back to some of this data, 
Um, something that's really interesting as well is of the current inventory, the new home percent of the total inventory, the total supply around the country is about 25%. That's insane. So again, that doubles down on the fact that anyone that bought their home in the last several years typically will have a rate uh, within the threes or fours. And so we actually have a number here that over 65% of all homeowners in America, 65% have rates in the threes or fours. So if we have rates approaching sevens, why would they ever sell, right? Like sell a million dollar property and now they can only afford a you know $720,000 property or whatever it may be. So that's nuts. We need, we need more building and we need rates to fall over time so that that way anyone that's currently in an existing property will feel okay to sell their home and move somewhere else. Um, just interesting. I mean, that's wild numbers to me. Um, another thing, pulling up another chart here. Uh, this is incredibly interesting as well. So over the last few years, uh, there's been less red tape as it pertains to building multifamily units. Um, and also there's more of kind of a light at the end of the tunnel for investors and builders where they're like, hey, listen, you know, we may not sell these uh, units as condos. We're going to keep it as a rental. And, and so they know that rental prices go up year over year on average. And we'll speak to that here in a little bit on San Diego's rental prices. And so they know that if they can get you into an expensive rental, um, and the median is about $3,700 in San Diego for a single family rental. Um, and so even multifamily, it's, it's close to that number. So anyway, that said, they can get you into a rental, whether it's multifamily or single family. Most people are going to stay there, right? Um, being that the monthly cost is so high, um, most people can't afford to then save to then become a property owner. So uh, what we've seen over the last few years is that multifamily uh, units under construction has been much higher than single family. Uh, what we currently need for the first time home buyer for people along those lines are single family properties. We need more builds in that space. We need it to be on a larger scale. Um, I'm not blaming builders or developers in this regard because um, you know it's they're a business too, right? So when they look at a potential project, they're looking they're looking to maximize that project. How can I go about creating as much revenue as possible from this development, uh, ongoing cash flow, return to their investors, etc. And so if it doesn't make sense uh, monetarily to build single family homes, we have an issue ongoing. And so um, these are core issues that need to be solved. Um, let's continue on. Uh, while I've been hitting you with all this doom and gloom as it pertains to housing starts and construction and all of the above, the last several months of 2023, we've continued to lack um, permitting starts for housing um, in comparison to year-over-year data. So 2022, we were having more housing starts um, than what we were seeing in 2023. Um, obviously, that continues to add to the problem. That said, in May of this year, we actually finally saw an uptick. So whether it was month over month data you were looking at, or whether it was year over year data, um, May of 2023 finally jumped over 1.6 million uh, housing starts in America. That's great news. We need to sustain that and hopefully build upon that. 
So fingers crossed. I'll keep you guys posted, posted as that data kind of continues to evolve. Um, there's also, I mentioned rental charts earlier. This is something that's really interesting to me. So uh, San Diego during uh, COVID was having huge rental hikes. Um, and while there are limitations for what's legal, if someone was renewing their lease, if someone moved out and then a new tenant you know, was moving in, they can raise that rent to whatever they want to. And so, um, so we saw huge increases for the last few years. Good news is, is that we have kind of come back down a little bit to earth. And so April 2023, single family, uh, year over year rent changes uh, in San Diego um, County was only at 2.6% of an increase. Um, that's great. Areas like Charlotte, uh, Boston, Orlando were all above 6%. Um, Chicago is just underneath that with 5.9, New York City 5.7, um, a few other notables, uh, Tucson, Houston at 4%, uh, Dallas uh, County at 3.5%, and so Los Angeles at 3.3. So yeah, just really interesting data. I think having our year-over-year uh, -year rent changes only be 2.6% is great news for us here in our market. Um, we're not pushing people out of neighborhoods that can't afford, or they they used to be able to afford. Now, you know, hopefully, you can still afford. Um, and then, in terms of the March 2023 single-family median rent prices uh, here in San Diego, we're looking at 37.58 a month. So, um, you know, while that's still not all that affordable. Um, at least it's trending kind of in the right direction. We're not we're not skyrocketing like we saw the last few years. It's kind of more of a balancing situation, and that'll continue to come as we get more inventory. So that'll help the issue on the rental side. It'll also help the issue on the buy side. Um, let's give you just a few more kind of data points, and so I'm not just boring you guys here. I think. Um, Oh yeah, this is really interesting, really interesting data, and it's moving us in a good direction. So fourth quarter 2022, KB Homes announced that 68% of all of um, their buyer contracts were canceled in the fourth quarter of 2022, 68%. That is nuts. So I don't know if you guys know, but typically these large builders, They'll establish a plan for an area and they'll have phases that they build into. And so as someone who wants to be a home buyer, they'll say, you know, uh, KB Homes will say, hey, phase one is available for, you know, uh, basically we have these these model homes. You can check out the different models and then, uh, you know, put a deposit in on whatever property you want from phase one. And so during that time frame, again, 68% of all people that committed to buying a property canceled on those properties. Absolutely insane. Great news is that um, that was fourth quarter of 2022. Second quarter of 2023, that number's down to 22%. So literally a third of what that number was previously. So that shows buyers, A, can uh, afford the property. I would imagine a large portion of those people um, initially could afford the property they were um, that they were in contract for in Q4 last year. But with rising rates, I imagine many of them couldn't close due to those rate differences that were happening. 
in addition to that, it's also just buyer sentiment, buyer confidence. Um, so a lot of people during that time frame probably were seeing what was going on with Russia, Ukraine, uh, Fed, you know, the Fed rate hikes, all of the above, where you know you're afraid to put a large chunk of your cash reserves into anything because you don't know what's going to go on in the world. So um, great news as it pertains for KB Homes. Uh, and also just buyer sentiment, buyer confidence. So that's something that's that's really great for us kind of continuing to head through 2023. And then um, this is something that I think is really interesting. And so I will find, I will link this. I'm gonna create a little um, document link of sorts where you guys can see these charts that I'm reading off of. Um, and so just look in the description of the episode, whether you're listening um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, or if you're watching uh, on YouTube. So this is really interesting. So basically they go through Q1 uh, through 4 of 2022, 2023, and 2024, and then they also have just year uh, data as well um, that I will showcase in that link. So the what I want to speak to, there's all sorts of different columns and um you know, data here that I can share. But what I want to speak to now is the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Um, and this is from MBA. And so they're projecting out the mortgage finance forecast. Um, obviously, this is their data. Um, no one has a crystal ball, but they at least have a really good understanding of where things are headed. Um, and so we are just completing Q2 of 2023. Um, they are pointing out that the average interest rate during that time frame was 6.5% for the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Um, they're predicting Q3 of this year to drop down to 6.2 as an average, and Q4 of this year to drop down back into the 5, so 5.8% by the end of the year. Um, and then as we step into 2024, Q1's average being around 56 uh, Q2, 5.4, Q3, 5.2, and Q4 of next year, 2024, being 4.9, finally getting under that 5% mark. Um, and so as we continue to scale down in terms of interest rate for the 30-year fixed, you're going to see continued inventory, and you're also going to see more buyer demand. So as you know, Jerome Powell said, he's killing demand, but we also have low uh, supply that demand and balance of supply and demand kind of remains constant. We're gonna see the same thing as we continue to get better rates into 2024 and towards the end of that year, where more buyers will come out of the woodwork because they can afford more on a property. But then on the same side, homes are going to appreciate because there's more buyers, more competition, et cetera. So it's just more, uh, more of the same. You know, and um, so unless we get more inventory, we're going to con continue to see this problem or con continue to see this trend, I should say. I shouldn't say that's a problem, um, but it is an ongoing trend. So, um, so anyway, so outside of that, I think that's great for the market snapshot for today. Don't want to talk your ear off. I know I've already been doing that. So, thank you so much for listening. And if you've made it this far, put a comment in there for me, put a comment on the podcast or, or give me a five-star review if you can, um, like it, follow, all of the above, even on YouTube. Let me know in the comments what you guys think. Are there specific things you'd like to hear more of? Are there things you don't wanna hear? Um, but just so I know that you listen to now, comment, uh, comment inventory. Comment inventory in the comments and I appreciate you guys so much for being here. 
especially to this amount of time, you guys have to really either be insane or in, incredibly supportive uh, or really want to know a lot about San Diego real estate. So in addition to this market snapshot, I'm really excited about um, things that we're working on over at the team that I'm on. So this Greenwald Realty team is where I'm at over at Premier Estates. Um, we have all sorts of different listings um, that I've, I've gotten to uh, have some cut my teeth on uh, with the team lately, a lot of probate deals. Um, I've got two off markets in the moment. Uh, we've got a bunch of offers coming in for the one in La Costa. Uh, I've been showing that the last several days, um, last several weeks, I should say, um, with some different investor clients. And then we have one uh, that I'll be showcasing all next week as an off-market property in Valley Center. Again, looking for uh, cash buyers uh, for investors to be able to add value to these properties. So they're definitely uh, on the lower end, quote unquote, in terms of uh, price amount. Um, but there's definitely a lot of margin there for anyone that would want to buy the property, either buy and hold it, remodel, rent it out, or um, to buy and flip it. And uh, so, yeah, so just really excited about all that. Also, um, I relatively recently got fully certified as a probate and trust specialist. Um, this is something that's really exciting as it's kind of a niche that our team operates in. Uh, we have uh, just a huge number of clients here in San Diego County that we've been able to help. Um, I'm going to be speaking a lot more towards probate, trusts, etc. here in the near future. You've probably seen some of that already on uh, my Instagram page. We also created a new page, um, Probate Real Estate San Diego. I believe that's what it is. I should know that off the top of my head. I think it is. Let's see. Probate Real Estate San Diego. Oh, my fault. It's probate San Diego real estate. So Instagram.com, you know, slash or the at symbol probate San Diego real estate. So make sure to follow that page too. You're going to be sharing all sorts of resources, videos, content, etc. Um, that hopefully can give you guys more information on how to avoid probate um, and set up your, you know, your holdings, your assets to be able to be passed to your family in a smooth, easy way that's not costing you money um, or time or pain. So um, so anyway, so that's what I got for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this was just one take all the way through, so I appreciate um, your patience as I'm sure I did a lot of ums and you know ands and all of the above. Uh, but again, thank you. Real Estate with Axe, make sure to give us a follow. Make sure to like and comment and subscribe and do all that stuff. And comment inventory if you were here to the end. I appreciate you. And we'll jump back on next week. Everybody have a great week, great weekend. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.